Howdy, hello, and welcome to episode 103 of Fat Love Talk. It's your one and only, the host with the most, or the guy who tries to have the most, if you know what I mean, your boy Zach Love. Okay, I'm here, guys, and I'm, I'm back with another podcast episode, straight after back-to-back with my therapy session, and uh, let me just say real quick, before we jump into today's episode, that uh, to piggyback off of last episode... Um, therapy has legitimately changed my life and I did more talking this week than I did even last week. And I talked a lot last week, but this week I was rambling. I've never been so comfortable and felt so much energy, um, that I've talked that much, not in a long time. You know, it's definitely been a long journey, but boy, howdy, has it been worth it? You don't understand how much of your energy is stolen from you by your mental health until you get it in check or at least get it under control a little bit more. I don't have it in check quite yet, but I'm working real hard at that. And you guys already know that I'm trying to better myself and I'm distancing myself from toxic relationships. I'm distancing myself from places where I don't belong and things I don't need to be doing and just trying to live a better, happier, healthier life. And uh, I'm not going to let the phrase money equals happiness destroy me. You know, I I grew up thinking that my whole life and uh, wanting to be better than my father ever was. And uh, it put me into a bad mindset, gave me some bad habits. Um, And uh, in the words of Ed Sheeran, bad habits lead to late nights. I'm kidding. Uh, I don't do all that stuff, but it's a fun song. Um, I digress, guys. This has been a pretty long introduction to the episode, but uh, we're going to go ahead and jump into it. Today, we're going to be talking about Dave Ramsey and uh, the Dave Ramsey Network and some of my problems with it. Um, The title was not clickbait. Um, I'm going to have my 29-year-old perspective against his wise, you know, advice. And a lot of people before me have done this exact podcast or YouTube video or whatever format presentation, and uh, I'm probably not going to be the best at it, but I just wanted to say my piece and put it out there for whoever wants to listen and have that conversation with me. Uh, That being said, guys, let's go ahead and roll the transition and we'll jump into it. Howdy, hello, and welcome to today's podcast, episode 103, if I haven't said it already. Uh, Today we're talking about the Dave Ramsey uh, network and um, how they want you to have gazelle intensity in paying off your debts and my my personal qualms or qualms I guess you could say with that um, I, uh, I I want to say right off of the rip I really like George Deloney I really like George um, George K I forget his last name exactly but uh, I really like George and John and I like Dave okay I do I genuinely enjoy watching their videos on YouTube every single day, every single week. I'm watching dozens of their videos that they post on their YouTube channel. I do not listen to the show. I don't go to their clips for their shorts and all that extra stuff. Uh, I am subscribed to the Rachel Cruz show as well. Um, I don't watch as many of her videos because they kind of feel clickbaity um, more than anything. And they don't relate to me also for some of them, but I do like her and George. They have a great chemistry on camera. Um, but uh, I just, 
have a few qualms with the things that they say and wanted to present my kind of opinions. Now, before we jump into it, I do want to acknowledge that dozens of other people have done this on YouTube, their own podcast platforms, or any other media that they use to to share their messages, whatever those messages may be. Um, so I do want to acknowledge that, and me doing this is just my personal, at 29 years old, reflection on some of the things that they're saying. Um, I want to start by talking about their debt snowball. So for those of you who do not know, at, I don't know how you wouldn't know if you're in your late 20s, you're of the generation that probably grew up hearing this stuff from somebody at some point. Um, but on the off chance you do not know who Dave Ramsey is or what the debt snowball is, it's basically paying uh, your debt off in a certain order. Let me pull up the list here and I'll, I'll share it with you guys. All right, the magic of pausing my podcast is over, and uh, we have in front of me the seven baby steps. Now, this is what they call their, their, their way to relieve yourself of debt. Step one, save $1,000 in a beginner emergency fund. Before you start paying off all your debt, make minimum payments on everything and save up $1,000 that you set aside and that you only use in the case of an emergency. And an emergency to them does not mean you want to hit Starbucks in the morning and you're a little short on cash. Their uh, emergency fund does not mean that uh, you uh, wanted to visit your friend and he was out of town so you paid for him to come in. An emergency fund to them means that a life-threatening emergency is happening. I.e. you get a flat tire on your car. You uh, wreck your car. You have a medical emergency, uh, things of that sort. Um, I don't exactly have the full list here, but that's what I'm assuming is an emergency. Because to me, <laughs> that's an emergency. Um, getting the newest flavor of whatever Starbucks is serving up is uh, not going to count. Step two, once you have $1,000 saved up, pay off all of your debt except for the house. This means working your debts smallest to largest. Pay minimum payments on everything, excluding the lowest debt you have, ignoring interest rates. Uh, interest rates do not matter here because the smallest available balance is going to be paid off the quickest if you focus on that first. So minimum payments on everything, excluding the lowest balance, pay that one off smallest to largest, and then once you're done with that and you only have the house left, you know, I guess they didn't really clarify on if you should do that or if you should start doing step three. Anyway, step three, speaking of that, is to save three to six months of expenses for emergencies. Now we're debt free. Because we're debt free, we can now move on to the baby step that is building your wealth up a little bit. You have that thousand dollars. Now on top of the thousand, the thousand is not part of this. You save three to six months of expenses. So let's say you got a $600 mortgage. Let's say you got a $200 light bill. Let's say you got a $200 water bill at six, seven, eight, nine thousand dollars right there. So three to six months, you need three thousand to six thousand dollars saved up, set aside, just in case you lose your job and your income is not there. You have a, a little bit of a buffer to replace your job to start building money up again. 
That I agree with. I think it's smart to do that. In fact, before Dave Ramsey was even in my world, that was one of my goals is to build up money for emergencies. Now, after step three, they uh, they start losing me. Now, step four, I do agree with, but it's a little bit harder to do. Step four is to invest 15% of your income for retirement. 15% is a large, a large percent. I do agree with investing your income for retirement. I agree with a 401k. I agree with all that stuff to, to, to like build wealth outside of your means to like let your money work for you instead of you working for your money. I get that. But 15% is a large portion of your check. And to pause the baby steps right now, I want to talk about what I do. When I, I have a 401k where I work at and I my company matches 4%. So I do 4% and they match my 4%. I don't do 15% of my 401k. I do 4%. And they don't say that you have to do 50% 401k. They say 15% for retirement. That could be across multiple things. If you if you have, I don't know, IRAs and other investment portfolios, I don't know how that stuff works. Guys, I'm 29 and I don't have uh, the knowledge to talk about this, but... I do know I have a 401k, I use the company match, and I do that. What I also do is I have a base salary. So, um, for example, let's say that you make 1050 bucks, right? 1050 bucks is your, is your, no matter what you get paid in a two-week window, if you're paid bi-weekly, uh, you're going to make 1050 bucks. But the paycheck you get is, I don't know, uh, $1,100, right? You get an extra an extra 50 bucks in there, right? So what you're going to do is make your budget based on $1,050. Take that extra money, throw it in the savings. Just get it out of your sight. You know, like you're used to making a base income. Anything extra is a distraction. So I just throw it into savings. I don't look at it. But from my base salary, I can save anyway. So I'm going to take additional money from that to put into savings as well. Unless you have debt in which case you pay off your debt. Um, or unless you're on baby step three where you're saving three to six months of expenses for emergencies. Again, that 3000 to 6000 I used in my example. Um, I don't think 15% is a, is, a, is a fair ask. A lot of people are poor. Not everybody makes fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 a year plus. You know, people with degrees making $100,000, six figures, they blow my mind that they they talk about being broke. Like, if I made six figures, I'd be making $60,000 more than I'm making right now. You know what I can do with an extra 60, over double what I'm currently making in a year? I could do so much with that. I would never, I would, you would never see sweat on my brow again from anxiety or stress. Actually, I take that back. I have a lot of bad anxiety. You still see anxiety stress. But uh, you would never see sweat on my brow from money problems, is what I mean to say, to correct myself. Just because that level of income, if you're living beneath your expenses or beneath your income, you never have to worry. Now, if you're going out there, you make $100,000 a year, and you buy a $125,000 house, yeah, you're going to be a little stressed because you wanted to get a little bougie, all right? There are plenty of nice places you can live at for less than $125,000, all right? Even at a reasonable mortgage rate. 
and and that's kind of a bad example because if you're bringing in a hundred thousand a year and you buy a house for one hundred twenty-five, you're gonna pay that off in a couple of years. But let's say you're buying like a three hundred or four hundred thousand dollar house and you make a hundred thousand and you're a single sole income. You're not married. You're you're not in a relationship. You're not combining incomes with anybody. That's what you're doing. That's my point. All right. I don't wanna I don't wanna give my podcast loopholes for people to kind of rebuttal and give me. Apologies, I had a phone call come in. I had my phone on vibrate, so I don't know how that was going to sound on the recording. So I went ahead and paused my recording and canceled that phone call. Whoever they are, they'll leave a message if it's important. Uh, anyway, back to my point. I didn't want to give any loopholes um, to kind of give anybody leeway to kind of rebuttal with something. Um, I get it. Income is different for everybody, but here's my, my main point to get you know less off track. I want to live within my means. Everybody should live within their means. Nobody should live above or beyond their means. You can be bougie on occasion, but you can't be permanently bougie with super expensive long-term commitments. You want to feel bougie? Go buy a new pair of shoes. Get that new Gucci. Do you? You know, but I just don't I just don't, I don't I don't do that. I'm not a spender. I'm a saver. I don't like spending my money unless I have to. And that's different for everybody. I get it. There are lots of people who love spending their money. They love going to the mall. They love getting seen in public. They just love getting, you know, them, them prime selfies. You know, I get it. You're doing you. You're feeling yourself. It's a vibe. And I got you, but you got to get yourself too. Like, check yourself before you wreck yourself, financially speaking. Hashtag truth. I was for the... That was, I felt cringy after I said that. I'm sorry, guys. I know, I know, I know. Y'all rolling your eyes at me. <laughs> I'm trying to be hip for the kids. I turned 29. I'm, I'm feeling it. No, I'm kidding. Um, we're going to move ahead to step five. I've been spending too much time on four talking about investments I don't know anything about. Uh, I don't even have stock, so I can't, I can't have any stock in that conversation. <laughs> it's a bad joke. Uh, step five is a safer college for your children. I don't have any children. I don't have to worry about that. If you do have children, Godspeed and make sure you don't, you know, mess them up mentally like my dad did to me. Uh, step six is pay off the house. See, here we're jumping back. So it says pay off all debt except for the house. Now I did mention earlier that they didn't specify and I just, I should have read ahead because it says right here, pay off the house after. So keep doing the minimums on the house after you pay off debt until you get to step six. Once you're finished with paying off the house, you build wealth and give. Now, Dave Ramsey is a Christian man as far as I'm aware, and he talks about Christian principles a lot on his show. Uh, that being said, he means to give his tithe and, tithe and offering at church and to give to those who deserve it. And he often gives out free books and free uh, Dave Ramsey uh, classes to multiple callers who come in and he is a very kind and generous guy on that front and I'm not faulting Dave Ramsey for anything he's lived a full life and he's learned from his experiences and one thing I learned as a child growing up one of the many things I learned was that your peers that are older than you probably know more than you and you should probably take their advice if it sounds good um, now, of course, cross-check that with other people because they may give you some dumb advice. Not everybody is going to be the sharpest tool in the shed. You may have a really, you know, 
dumb uncle who wants to give you some get-rich-quick scheme. Maybe don't take that, you know, very far. Take it with a grain of salt. Maybe leave that at the front door and <laughs> don't, don't run with it. But, you know, for the most part, you can tell when somebody's giving you sound advice and when somebody's not. Uh, one of the things I was told recently, I went to Jennifer's parents' retirement party and uh, one of her, I don't know if it's a relative or a friend of her dad's, I don't know. But I was talking to a guy. And he, he as Jennifer described it, he's, he's a good businessman. So he's good at, at BSing, you know. And uh, I, I respect that because he was a cool guy. I liked talking to him. He was nice. Um, anyway, one of the things he said was, don't ever feel like you're not confident enough to do something. There are a lot of idiots with degrees who have high-paying jobs. One of the things that you should be doing if you're looking for a job is apply for everything, even if you don't feel like you qualify for it. If you want that job, apply for it. And if you're in half the time, your confidence will get you the job. Now, again, if you apply for a job like a doctor or something that you're not qualified for in any sense of the phrase, uh, then no, you're not going to get that job. But, you know, let's just say you want a job that you need a certification for and you only have a high school education, but you you put off a lot of confidence. There are a lot of people who have jobs they should not have. People working in HR departments making 100000 a year that should not be where they are. They're making free money to do nothing, right? Not fair to anybody. Uh, there's a there, there's a word for favoritism when you hire somebody uh, over other people because of like them being related to you or them being a friend of yours or a family friend or something along those lines. There's a term for that. And uh, that's exactly what that is. It's like, you don't deserve this job, but you got this job because you knew somebody. And now you're, you're, you're raking in the cash. You're making bank money because you knew somebody. See, I'm all about networking and I'm all about building my resources and talking to plenty of people out there in other industries. Um, but at the same time, I'm not very social. So while I am all about that and love going to events like that, I just don't have those connections currently. But... It made me ponder, like, you could make anything you want, but a lot of the time you're blocked behind, like, a, a certification or a qualification of some kind, right? Um, more on that later, but build wealth and give is step seven. That's the final step. So save a 1000 bucks, pay off your debts except for the house, get three to six months, probably closer to six months, if we're being honest here, uh, invest 15%, maybe, you know, if you want, College for your kids, pay off the house, build wealth, and give to others. And generally speaking, to put on that last thing, just be a nice person. You know, like, I think what Dave means more than anything is build wealth for yourself and your family, you know, and then give to others. Like, be a generous person. The Bible says to not be a butthead. Not in those words. That's not verbatim. But it does say to be kind to others. And forget the Bible. Just... Be kind to others because it's it's an option, not because you have to or because you're being asked to, but because it's the easiest option of the alternatives. It takes more effort to to be a butthead than to be kind, you know? Instead of saying F you, you could say thank you. It's the same number of syllables. Anyway, that's my rant on that. Uh, now... Now that we've discussed the baby steps, I want to go ahead and dive into my notes about my qualms with the Ramsey Network. So one of the things that 
the Dave Ramsey personalities and Dave Ramsey himself talk about is to tackle your debt with gazelle intensity. Now, the only thing I know about gazelles is they are more predator than they are prey. <laughs> no, guys, I was playing with you. They're more prey than they are predator. Um, lions and cheetahs and other stuff, they'd be, they be swiping them. You know, and, and I think more what they mean by that is attack your debt like your life depends on it because it does. Money is going to always be around. You know, currency is always going to be around. You want something, you have to buy it with money. Uh, so I think what they're trying to say is, would you rather have more money in your pocket than less money? If you truly want that, you'll do what it takes to get that. And, you know, for the average single male or female or individual, I'm sorry, for the, for the average individual, that's, that's more than, you know, possibly capable, depending on the situation and a bunch of variable individual factors at play. Uh, and we're going to talk about the, the four main problems that I have. All right. And the first one is that they always say to sell your car to sell your car they say sell your car if you have a payment pay it off get a beater car drive that until you get debt free and when you're debt free and you have money built up and you can reasonably afford it you can then buy cash a better car but you must buy cash no car payment Here's my problem with that. Let's take a trip down memory lane. I'm 25 years old. Four years ago. God, I can't believe I'm getting older. Um, four years ago. And uh, little, old, little old Zach Love was doing his thing. Right? He was kicking it. Not only was he kicking it, he was driving around in the dopest, dopest Jeep Liberty. Like, I had a red Jeep Liberty 2004. Uh, it might have been earlier than that, but I'm going to say 2004 for the sake of the story. I don't know what year it was, but it was an early 2000s Jeep Liberty. It was my baby. I loved it. Uh, one of the first, I think it was the first car that I got on my own. Uh, I think my mom co-signed on it, but I loved that Jeep. It was, it was awesome. Did I have problems with it? Yes. But trust me, when I paid that bad boy off, I think I I got that car for I don't remember it was six thousand or or something like or it was something around there. Anyway, when I finally paid that bad boy off, I thought I was riding high. No more car payments. I'm feeling free as a bluebird in the in the sky. I can go wherever I want to go. The sky's the limits, right? I was feeling good. Yeah, I had some credit card debt, but I didn't pay a dime on my car. And I didn't have to worry about my car getting shut off because I couldn't make a car payment. That had happened to me, and I missed some work when that happened. It sucked. But um, it was nice. All right? That was that was young me. Now, where is this story going? I'll tell you where it's going. Right into the garage. But but not my car garage where I'm living in my house and I'm, I'm having a happy little make-believe situation. No, no, no. This went to the maintenance garage. When I had an issue with my car, it was it was making some problems happen. I was late to work. I ended up being, you know, missing a half of my shift. What happened, guys? I'll make a long story short. No need to wait for the anticipation of a result here. This isn't this isn't clickbait. I had a wiring issue. And do you know what they told me it was gonna cost? It was gonna cost 
like $103 an hour to rewire the whole car. Now, whoever has a job rewiring cars for like 100 plus an hour, they're, they're making money, but I hope they don't sleep well because that's a ripoff. They're scamming people. Maybe they're not. Maybe I'm just salty about that. I don't know. But here's, here's the point. I could not drive that car. I could not afford to fix that car. It was kaput. And you know what? The shop that took that car in, they felt so bad about that that they told me they weren't going to charge me for any of the other you know, estimations of looking at the car, the labor, none of that. They said, get a tow truck to come get this car, and we're, we're good. And I was like, bet. Thank you. And uh, that is when I went to CarMax, and I got the car I'm currently driving. Uh, you see, I did not have any money, because I was living paycheck to paycheck. I was making like $13 an hour, 12 I think $12 an hour, uh, doing security. It was overnight security at that so you'd think they'd pay more for overnight security but no they do not and uh i was living at home for a while i had an apartment and then i had to move back home it was uh it was it was not the ideal situation you know what i know what it's like to not have money and to live paycheck to paycheck and to be so angry with yourself that you cry because you don't know what's going to happen on your next two weeks. You got some money coming in and you got to be so damn careful where you put that money. Because if you buy one too many cheeseburgers in the McDonald's drive-thru, you're broke. And it sucks because my mom was living paycheck to paycheck and that didn't help. And uh, together we just, we were trying our best. And uh, when I got my new car, it was a lifesaver, quite literally, because I had gotten a new job, you know, about a year prior to that, and uh, it was finally making me some decent money. And then this happened, and my emergency fund was drained, was gone, because it was an emergency. Can't make money without a car to get to a job, right? This was before COVID happened. Um, there was no remote positions available and, uh, I had to do what I had to do. And, uh, my new car payment, it was, it was a necessary evil. And anybody who tells me that I should have done something differently, we'll never know, will we? So that speculation only causes trouble to, it's a spiral. It's a dark, dark rabbit hole to go down. Okay, and I'm not going to do that. So, I don't buy it that they say sell your car if you have a car payment and get a beater. Because what are you going to do for the few days or a week or whatever that you don't have a car, that you're looking for a, a car? And how are you going to sell a car unless you've paid off the car and got your title from your from your car place? You know, the lien it's just a whole mess of logistics, okay? Sure, it's possible, and sure, people have done it, but I bet you it wasn't easy. I bet you it was not easy. So that's where I'm at with selling my car. I'm not doing it. So that's okay. We have we have a couple other options. 
Get Radical is what they're saying a lot. Just to throw it out there, because I put the title of this as Get Radical. And uh, they put, get a second or third job. They have said on multiple videos across multiple posts that if you're not working a second or a third job, you're not doing enough. If you really wanted to be debt-free, if you really wanted financial freedom, you would try harder and you would do more. I don't think that they're trying to guilt anybody, but man, it sounds like it. It really doesn't come across as friendly advice. Sometimes it does. I mean, you can hear the empathy or the sadness for the situation sometimes, um, especially in Jonathan Deloney. I do know that he's got a degree in psychology or whatever it is. I think it's psychology, actually. And uh, he's a little more sympathetic, I feel like, because he came from a hard time. Um, but I don't know, man. I'm not sure that I want to work so much that life does not feel worth living again. You know, like I've already gone through a part of my life where depression and anxiety and quite honestly suicide were just roommates. You know, they were living there comfortably and I was just miserable, right? I'm in a better place now. I'm happy. I have, I have more energy because my mental health is in a better place. The opening of this podcast, I talked about that. Um, I don't want to do that again. And I don't think Jennifer wants me to do that either. You know, like we've discussed that and no, that sounds awful. Some people do it. They door dash. They deliver pizzas for a few hours every day. They do their thing. They get a little extra money, an extra 100, 200 bucks every two weeks. You know, hey, that's great. That's awesome, actually. That's extra money in your pocket and that's... That's what anybody would want, right? You can pay it off just a little bit faster. But it, while it does make a sizable dent eventually, I mean, you got to worry about your mental health before anything else. If you're comfortable doing that, go for it. Do you. You deserve it. You know, but if you don't feel comfortable doing that, if that messes with your mental health, you just want to spend some time at home not doing literally anything, then you should be allowed to do that. You know how much of America is in debt? A lot of America. I don't have percentages here. I'm not a statistic podcast, but I do know that a large chunk of Americans are in debt and a large chunk of Americans are at or below the poverty line with income. My single solo income included in that. The next thing I want to talk about, I'm saving the best one for last, guys. You're going to, that best. <laughs> the next one that they talked about was that credit cards do not help debt. I, I'm, I think I mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but I had multiple credit cards back when I had my, my Jeep, right? And I paid off my Jeep and I was really happy. I had my credit cards, though, that I was using every now and again. Not very often. I, I'm, like I said, I'm pretty smart with my money. I'm a saver more than a spender. Um, but I had to make some uncomfortable large purchases a couple of times. And I, it takes you a while to pay that off. Um, like when I moved into my apartment, 
I bought a bed set, like a bed frame and a headboard, and that cost me a pretty penny over there at Nebraska Furniture Mart, whereas I probably should have gone to uh, a, a cheaper alternative, <laughs> to be honest with you, because they approved me for a Nebraska credit card, and I got approved, and boy howdy, I felt good about that. Uh, excuse me. Uh, but uh, I ended up taking a long time paying that off, because that was expensive as hell. Um, but... Uh, I did what I had to do. And they say credit cards do not help debt. No, credit cards are debt. That's the whole definition. But credit cards are part of living comfortably. Would it be more comfortable to have no debt and have extra money in your pocket, to throw into savings and to feel that little cushion of, of security for an emergency fund? Yes, 100%. I'm not doubting that. I'm just saying... There are situations where a credit card is necessary. Some of us don't believe in the whole paying cash, your credit score doesn't matter. Some of us actually want to build our credit so we can have that as an option available. It doesn't make us any less wise or any less wealthy in our mind if we have the gazelle intensity but we want to pay for gas or groceries with a credit card and then pay it off at the end of the month. If it's in our budget, then what does it matter how you spend that money? We just want to keep our credit score a little higher. My credit score has never been so high. I think I'm at like a 750. That is insane. I can literally be approved for anything. All I use my credit card for anymore is to pay for my therapy and occasionally I'll pay for going out to eat with, with, with Jennifer or a friend or or something. I literally don't spend it on, on junk I don't need, on Amazon purchases, all this crap. And if I did do that, it would be in my budget as part of my paycheck. I wouldn't be like, well, I don't have to budget that because it's on my credit card. I'll just do the minimum. And No, I've lived through the worst part of my life in debt. I know what that feels like to live paycheck to paycheck. I'm fortunate enough to make enough to budget purchases and to plan ahead. Video game season is coming up real quick. All you fellas and ladies out there know what I'm talking about. If your girlfriend or your boyfriend is a gamer, you're about to be spending a lot of lot of nights either sitting there watching them, playing with them, or wondering where they are. Because they're in the living room or the office or the bedroom or wherever they are playing their video games till 2 in the morning, losing sleep because they're having a great time with their new shiny toy, right? October 28th, Call of Duty is dropping. I got the weekend approved off work. I'm going to be busy. One, playing that game, and two, recording the campaign. Make sure you check out my YouTube, Alpha Phenomenon Gaming. <laughs> Gameplay's coming soon. <laughs> anyway, guys, I digress. The point is, I make a budget. We discussed the baby steps just before this, guys. The baby steps are part of this, but at the same time, my problem with credit cards not helping is they play credit cards as the villains. They're not the villains. The villain is the person in the mirror spending it. Okay? And if that's hard to hear, then that's why you need to hear it. 
I was that person. I spent my credit card like it didn't matter when I was younger. And I lived with the consequences. And I came out the other side with a little bit of knowledge. Some people call that wisdom. Some people don't. Take your pick. What I do know is if you don't budget what you're spending your credit card purchases on, then you're not being smart. There are emergencies that happen. All right, that thousand bucks isn't going to save you from a $3,000 medical expense, okay? It's a thousand bucks. That's not going to get you very far. You might need that credit card to cover that blow. And then you pop a thousand dollars into that and you've covered a third of your debt. Then you make minimum payments and gazelle intensity, you pay it off. But credit cards are a necessity. I do not waver in this mindset. I don't think everybody uses them correctly. But for me in my house, we use credit cards. Responsibly. All right, you give any 10-year-old kid, you know, a $20 bill and you take it to the candy store, what do you think is going to happen? They're going to buy all the candy. They're going to get some chocolate. They're going to get some lollipops. They're going to have a good time. The, the next thing that makes a cool noise, they're going to be like, oh, what's that? They're going to get some jelly beans. It's going to be a good time. They're going to live the best day of their life with that 20 bucks. In perspective, you give a 20-something-year-old a credit card, and you say they can have whatever the heck they want and pay it off whenever the heck they feel like it. They don't know any better. They do not know any better. It takes time to learn. There are ways to be educated early on. There are ways to, to get past this. But I'm not talking about the what ifs. I'm talking about the realities that there are situations that happen. There are emergencies that happen that warrant a credit card. All right? The people who live in the, the higher half of society don't need to worry about that. They can pay cash money for a brand new Lambo right off the lot, mint condition, shiny, glossy black, right? The spoiler popping, all right? The engine going, rum, 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 rum. real nice looking, clean, right off the lot. They dropped six digits, cash money, all right? I, I, good for them, first of all. Way to get there. You know, they did something right, or they were born into it. I don't know, but I'm going to go with the first one. They did something right. They earned that, right? But the other half of us, the lower half, we do not have that luxury. We have to go through the shit, for lack of a better term, all right? And let me tell you what, it sucks. It's dark. There's not a lot of light at the end of that tunnel. In fact, it's so dismal, half the time we're stuck because that mud dries up and it makes it hard to move. The only reason I'm in the fortunate position that I'm in is because Jennifer pulled me out of the mud and gave me some direction. Player two, you know, plug in an extra controller. Co-op action, okay? I was drowning. And it took somebody to save me to get me to where I'm at. I am a rare situation, all right? That doesn't happen to everybody. And you can't look at every situation through a small lens, all right? You got to understand, people who live in poverty, who live below the line, who are living paycheck to paycheck, they got to do what they got to do. 
At least that's my take on it. I don't I don't put myself in the one percent of Americans who can live carefree and and wake up and know they got money and can do what they want. The sun is so bright today because it's not always that bright for me and it's not always that bright for everyone else. So credit cards are here for a reason. They save our asses a lot of the time. The last point that I want to make is the wildest point. In fact, I wouldn't have this as a point. And this is the exact point that made me want to do this podcast. I've been wanting to do this podcast episode for weeks now. Maybe even months. I don't even remember. I've been It's been in the back of my mind. I didn't write it down until a couple weeks ago. Jonathan Deloney gave the wildest, wildest suggestion. And you know what? Jonathan Deloney is one of my favorite Ramsey personalities next to George. I love George. He's my favorite. Sorry. I liked his uh, podcast series. Um, it was really nice. Um, but Michael aside, it is, or sorry, George aside, it is Jonathan Deloney that gave the wildest advice. And you know what? I'm going to pull up the YouTube video. It came out one day ago. It's called, I'm afraid we're never getting out of debt. And we're going to listen to this, just a chunk of it, not the whole thing, because I want you to hear this, to know that I, I this is real, this is real. All right, so I hope you guys can hear this. I'm going to turn the volume up. Hopefully it sounds good on the speaker when it comes through. Ah, Let's go for the best. You're right, right now it is a fantasy, because you have $238,000 of debt, and you're sitting here playing games. I... This is a conversation that's not talked about enough, um, I, th- I think, and, and me and you, we, we can do a better job of talking about it. Um, with this type of student loan debt, I didn't have this much, but we had six figures. Um, we had, we got pretty radical. We moved, and we I think we, we moved into a residence hall, into a dorm, right? It may be that living in one of the most expensive states in the United States is just not tenable anymore. And just for clarification, I paused the video. The guy who's sending in this email to Ramsey Network, he lives in New York. So that's why he's saying it's an expensive area to live in. But get this. And we're going to take our jobs and we're moving to Kansas. We're moving to Nebraska. We're moving somewhere where the cost of living is exponentially less expensive. And that means we're not going to be able to be in a cool city. And that means we're not going to be able to do some cool whatevers and this is and that. But this is how much freedom means to us. Um, and we're going to pay a little bit of money to move, or we're going to get new jobs, whatever the thing is, we're going to get radical. We're going to get radical. And right now, $83,000 a year in New York, paying off that much, it's going to be years and years. We've got to double that income yes. in six months. we got to get different jobs. And I know that you love your job, and I know you feel safe at your job. you got to get different jobs. And we're probably selling the cars. That's right. We're selling the, we're, we got to get radical about and this. And we're thing. cutting up the credit cards, and we don't care if it's 0% or 20%. We're going to pay it off smallest to largest because that's going to make us feel the progress. It's going to motivate us to actually do this thing. Yeah. And we're pop. That just knocked out triple whammy. They talked about the selling the cars. They talked about the moving to another state, which we'll get back to. They talked about the credit cards cutting them up, paying smallest to largest, ignoring the the interest rates. This is what I'm talking about. Jonathan Deloney just told this man to move away from New York, move to Nebraska or Kansas, get a completely different job, where the cost of living is lower, live there for a few years until his debt is gone, 
And then if he wants to move back, good for him. Go go for it. He straight up told this guy as an honest to God, this is my advice. I'm taking this with sincerity, 100% serious look on his face. Move to another state. Move away from New York where the cost of living is too high. Can we just, can we sit on that for like five seconds? When you were thinking in that five seconds, what's the first thought that came into your mind? No, stop thinking about what you're going to have for breakfast tomorrow. It's not the right answer. What I'm talking about right now is more serious than breakfast tomorrow. This man just told another guy to move away from the state he's currently living in, maybe the state that he grew up in. I grew up in Missouri. I only live in Kansas because it's right there. I lived on the border anyway, so I'd been to Kansas multiple times. It's not like I moved to another state miles and miles and miles away. I moved an hour west, like southwest. I moved like an hour southwest from from Kansas City to Overland Park. All right, it's it's not a far transition, and I can still get back to where I was very fast. This is a radical change. He said this many many times. It's time to get radical. It's time to get radical. I'm sorry. I I that is that was the the advice I got that made me think stop what you're doing. You're making a podcast this weekend. You have to talk about this. That was the 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 straw that broke the camel's back. That was it. That was that was the breaking point. I'm not saying you got to be radical. You got to change some things and you got to be serious about it. And sure, you can have gazelle intensity. All right. But some of the advice they're giving over at the Ramsey show, which is none of my business. They have a, they have a whole thing going on and they get thousands upon thousands of views, millions of subscribers. They're changing lives. Okay. And I don't, I don't discredit them at all. All I'm saying is, A few of the things that they're talking about are wild. There was a video I watched recently um, in the last month, uh, because I watch a lot of YouTube. Uh, This guy sent it in an application. He was really inspired by Dave Ramsey. He wanted to be on the debt-free screen. That was his goal. Him and his wife took this so seriously, they got second jobs. They paid off all their debt. Every waking moment that they were alive they invested heavily into paying off their debt and becoming debt free they finally did it they were debt free they had built wealth they were doing great and they applied to be on the dave ramsey debt free screen and there's a question that asks you if you used credit cards during or after your debt progress or process you know and he answered truthfully he said he paid for gas and every two weeks he paid it off and they had to wait over a month but they finally got a response back from ramsey network from some lady who said i'm sorry because you used credit cards we won't be able to you know allow you to be on our debt-free screen his goal He loved Dave Ramsey. 
He took it like gospel and got debt free. Dave Ramsey changed his life. And yet, he couldn't share his story with the audience of Dave Ramsey as a fan because he chose to use a credit card and continue to use a credit card to get gasoline for his car and he paid it off every two weeks. It was in his budget. He wasn't using a credit card to go shopping at every magical whim and rack up debt after debt after debt. He was debt free and he was denied. I think we're making the wrong villains and we're we're looking at things in the wrong frame of mind. Moving to a completely separate state to be debt-free is a radical change, especially if your family is nearby, if your life is nearby, if what you're familiar with is nearby. Think about the culture shock moving from the New York City for 20, 30 years of your life and living there and then moving to Nebraska. You're going to be bored out of your mind. New York has something to do 24-7, 365. There's never something you can't do. Whereas in Nebraska, I don't even know. I've only been in Nebraska like twice in my whole life. There's a lot of roads with a lot of corn and a lot of, a lot of highway. And there's a lot of gaps in between the cities. So, take that from a guy who lives in Kansas. <laughs> like, I know this. I mean, I live in the bigger cities of Kansas, but still. Like, there's some rural areas. That's why the cost of living is lower. And if the cost of living is lower, the pay matches the cost of living nine times out of ten. You can't be a big-time CEO making the six figures living in Nebraska unless you have a qualification for it. And the people who, who have those qualifications, who got their education in Nebraska, are staying in Nebraska. And keep in mind, Nebraska is only an example because Jonathan used it in his video or his response. Um, he also said Kansas, and I'm in Kansas, so that works too. Um, but the point is, I've made this podcast far longer than it should be. The point is that it's just wild to me that they're giving out suggestions People's livelihood are changing because of this advice. For the better or not, it doesn't matter. The point is, they every single call that they get changes a person's life. Or it doesn't, if they don't take them seriously. But we have to act as though every person who calls, calls with intention to change their situation. I watch a ton of Dave Ramsey YouTube videos on a weekly basis. Tons. They post more than one a day. They post lots of them. And the ones that are interesting to me are interesting because I like to hear their responses, right? I like to learn from other people's mistakes. One of the things I was told from my dad, the one good thing he said was, it's better to learn from the mistakes of others than to learn from your own. It's a lot less painful too. So I would rather learn from somebody else's mistakes and not make them <laughs> and have a lot less pain than to go through those mistakes and a lot of people who call Dave Ramsey are desperate for that advice. You don't see millionaires calling Dave Ramsey talking about, I need your advice. You see people who are living paycheck to paycheck, who are in an abusive relationship, who are struggling 
in some way asking for help because they're literally hiding in a closet wondering when they can leave and face the world again. These are the types of extremes I think of when I'm, I'm picturing these calls because you don't know a person's situation. They share bits and pieces of it during that call and you get a little bit of a window into their, their life. But you have to often wonder to yourself like, are they okay? And will the advice I give them help? Because you can tell somebody to cut up their credit card, to sell their car, to have gazelle intensity, to really get radical. But when you live paycheck to paycheck, you can't really do some of those things. I wanted to get radical. But when you work a crappy job that's really physically intensive... And you don't feel like you have an ounce of energy left because you're so goddamn depressed. What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to just get over it? Is that what you're going to tell me? Psychiatrist Jonathan Deloney? Is that what you're going to tell me? To get over my depression and just deal with it? To suck it up? I don't know, guys. I think I'm dealing in extremes here, but the point still gets across that there are flaws in that advice. And and one of the things Dave Ramsey has said, to give him credit, is he's been doing this a long, long time. So he's seen every which way, every trend, every you know optional you know alternative, you know mixing up the baby steps, doing them in a different order. You know he's seen it all, and he said. The most success comes with following his baby steps in order the way that he has them set up. And I don't doubt that at all. But some people just cannot do that. And they're calling at a desperation most of the time. Not all these calls are so extreme. You know, some of the people are married, they have two incomes, they can afford to shake things up a little bit. You know, other people can't, all right? I'm talking for the people who can't, all right? And maybe that makes me kind of playing the devil's advocate here, I don't know. But at the end of the day, that's my two cents, all right? I love Dave Ramsey's show. I do. I watch it. I'm really intrigued by it. I've I've got a modified version of what he suggests going on. Guess what? Outside of my car payment and my therapy, pulling out 25 bucks on my credit card every two weeks, I'm debt free! And I'm living comfortably. That's what matters to me. Hear that last part? I'm living comfortably. Do I wish I had more money? Sure. But guess what? I've got plans. You follow my podcast, you know I'm talking about going to see a doctor about maybe discovering more about if I have a learning disability, if I have ADHD, I'm going to better myself in the next year. I talked about it in my last episode, what therapy has taught me. I won't re- I won't regurgitate what I said in that le- last episode, but the same thing applies here. I'm bettering myself so that I can be better financially and mentally, okay? I handled the financial stuff, got almost debt-free, okay? I can budget my car payment, I can budget my car insurance, I can budget my bills, all that jazz, okay? And it comes good, 
and it, 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 it works. Now I'm working on my mental, all right? And that takes a little bit of time, just like everything else does. So more on that in another podcast. But anyway, guys, I love you guys. This has been a long episode. If you stuck with me, I really appreciate the support. Um, I never, ever do this, but I do want to let you guys know that um, I've been putting a lot of work into my YouTube channel, really trying to make better, more consistently high-level content to the best of my ability, obviously. It's a long, lengthy process to do that. It takes me like a month to make a playthrough, uh, a short one at that point. I take many months to do a long one. Can't wait for my uh, Metal Gear Solid playthrough. That's going to take forever. Um, but if you guys want to support me, the best way to do that is on my podcast. There's a don- there's a support button where you can donate a dollar, uh, $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. And if you want to support me, you don't have to keep listening to the content, but I'm, I'm serious. I've been thinking about what I want to do with my life in my thirties. I, I want to take this podcasting thing very seriously. I, I want to be heard. I want to get my voice out there. I wouldn't be posting this stuff on a public forum if I didn't want it to be heard. And I, I like feedback. I like talking to people. If you disagree, if you do agree, I'm a very friendly person. I love talking to people, having conversations. This is a one-man operation. I need a co-host. I need a guest to come on my podcast and talk to me. More than one guest would be lovely. But uh, until that happens, guys... If you want to support me, please, please consider it, um, and I would really appreciate that. Uh, otherwise, guys, you can find me on Snapchat. I'm on there again, Fat Love P H A T L O V E, and then my YouTube Alpha Phenomenon Gaming. I got a Resident Evil playthrough coming out, the Cat Game Stray coming out the last week of August. If you guys are interested in that, and this weekend I am recording gameplay for a new horror game that I'll be posting in September. So I love you guys. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Um, I love, I love conversations about this. It's fascinating to me. So any, any person that wants to come on here and talk to me about Dave Ramsey, about finances, about this conversation, we can revisit this episode and have a new one and a whole conversation, you know? Uh, so send me a voice message on anchor if you want to, And I'll do a follow-up podcast. Um, Till next time, guys. I love you guys. Take care of yourselves. Be well. And I'll see you on the next episode of Fat Love Talk. Peace.